you welcome back to the trauma abuse podcast um today i thought i would talk about a few issues that um that have come out of some of the research and um experience i've had with working with people um don't worry nobody's names will be mentioned <laughs> um but i have actually built up a a, a picture of um something that's quite worrying really which is that there are services out there that we know are not doing a very good job and part of this podcast is to advise those people on doing their job uh sometimes we think it's the odd person not doing their job um, when we first encounter one or two of these people and we're reassured constantly by everybody saying that not everyone's like that not every police officer goes around murdering people um not and raping women, not every social worker goes around lying, etc. Blah blah. We're told these things, aren't we? Um, but there's something very sinister um, happening at the moment. Um, I saw um, some videos on YouTube and I've read some books by um, very reputable people working as. Um, in in the field um, helping people and gathering together similar information and have been doing for many years now um people qualified in law people um qualified working in um local areas with constituents etc um people have written books about it journalists etc and I've seen these videos um, and I've heard, listened to children who've been through the system who've said that, you know, so-and-so lied to them, um, professionals had lied to them. I've heard parents telling me they've been told all sorts of things that their children have said that are not true and they've turned out not to be true. And I experienced a bit of this myself. Um, but when you culminate all of this together, it's actually quite frightening because what I'm finding is that in different parts of the country and in different areas and in different individuals and different departments are operating on the same basis and the same language is being used and the same lies are being told and the same things, um, disclosures being made by children to adults um, as to what's actually going on. And we're picking apart the lies and the myths and the interrogations I call them or indoctrinations or coercive um, accounts um, records are being we've heard the use the term sexed up I wouldn't use the word sexed up I'd say the records are being deliberately construed um, they are dishonest um, to get a certain result now whether it's it can't be the people on the ground as individuals wanting to do this to one individual it has to be a culture it has to be coming taking an order from the top if you like um or a middle management or it has to be a system doing this because it's too widespread um and what i mean by this is i'll give you an example i speak to a lady um i was helping a little while ago and she said they've accused me of neglect neglecting my children because of something that happened many years ago a neighbor reported me for something that didn't happen because I asked my neighbor not to smoke outside my front door because I've got a child with asthma and this person had retaliated by reporting it to social services saying she's not looking after kids this something there and it was all rubbish this they came in they found it was rubbish um she invited them in which you don't have to do by the way 
But there was a record then of her being, having been reported for this, then finding nothing, closing the case and going away. Then suddenly, um, they pop up several years later with no issues, nothing um, going on. And they, they pop up because of domestic violence and they start accusing this lady of neglect and saying she's got a history of it because of whenever years ago and she says I haven't got any history of this um you know I'm a good parent and what have you and I and she said um you shouldn't be taking a sick child out to the shops this and this and she said well I've got to go and get food and this that, and the other as a single parent she said how do you expect me to go to the shops with the child when I'm on my own do you want me to leave them at home I'm not going to leave them at home on their own that would be neglect um so there was a lot of these funny things going on and she was being sort of attacked for having folded up washed clean clothes and with, with five, five children you do have washed clean clothes with one child with one baby you have piles of clothes and sheets and all sorts of all over the place um washed clean folded on the bed well they said oh well you see it's very untidy and this that and there it wasn't untidy she washed and clean clothes and folded sheets and this was the sort of thing that was going on and i thought this is really weird so they'd accused her of neglect but there was no logic to it. There was no evidence of neglect. There were no photographs of a child who'd been neglected. There was no medical report saying this child has got vitamin deficiency or it's down to, you know, um, they've been found rooting in the bins at school and they haven't been fed. There was none of that. They were underweight, anything like that. Healthy, happy children. Um, loved being around their mum as well. This was another thing. Sort of trying to make them out to be some sort of terrible parent, child abuser, what have you. And... Um, then I was told by a little boy, um, a separate incident, I was told um, that little boy had said about his mother, oh, she's, um, he doesn't want to see you, he's frightened to come to your house. I've been told this by a couple of mothers now, locally. Um, told all these horror stories, ghost stories and this and that. And there was a certain solicitor, children's solicitor working for um, Kafkas and the Guardian system. Um, representing them, who was involved each time, which was interesting as well. So totally different people who didn't know each other, different mums, different scenarios, different homes, never met each other before. But there's one common denominator, which is this particular solicitor, and um, these reports saying that um, from social workers and etc. and this solicitor that basically who had influence over it, um, saying that these children didn't want to come to their mum's house, they were frightened of them, they were frightened of, and they were having nightmares there, and they were frightened of being in the home. Now, one mother had put it down to the father, telling them all sorts of lies, like there's a ghost lives in the house, and all sorts of things, trying to condition them to say things. And another one had put it down to blatant lying by social workers and threats from the, an abusive father towards a child. And it turned out that actually they had been um, assuming that the father was right and they had been imposing these ideas on the children. So they'd been going to the children saying, shh, and they'd been trying to say, I want to come home to my mum. And they'd been heard saying, I want to come home to my mum, I'd like to stay overnight at my mum, by various people, people who worked in contact centres, who were used to keeping records of conversations between you know children, parents and observational things and supervision. Um in different contact centres with different people. So they've been found to have said these things, you know, I actually really want to go home to my mum and I want to stay overnight and, oh, can I come and have a sleep over your house? Not frightened of the parents, sitting snuggled up next to the parents on a sofa, for example, um, quite comfortably, going up to the parents um, quite confidently and hugging them when there's nobody else around, like a social worker or a abusive parent hovering about and stuff. 
and actually um, just behaving quite happily and normally around them, not expressing that, expressing the opposite, in fact. Then being told, courts being told and, and records and um, assessments being done, saying that the children have commented and said that they're afraid of their parents and don't want to live with them. Now, the mothers knew this was a lie, but it was still very upsetting for them to hear that. What do you mean my child doesn't want to see me? Of course they do. Um, they're only seeing their children maybe once a week, once, twice a week, once a month. Um, in some cases, um, a couple of times a week, etc. since they were kidnapped on this spurious basis, basically. Now, don't get me wrong. Um, I did discover a couple of cases where parents had made mistakes, one or two mistakes, um, that they could rectify. But um, where, a, where a man had have done that, it would have been brushed over the, or it would have been given an opportunity to change. But in the majority of cases, the women had actually done nothing. They were extremely good mothers and extremely good parents. And there was a common theme here that whatever the case was, wherever they'd come from, whatever was happening, there was a common denominator. They were all victims of domestic violence in the past. Um, and they were all basically uh, single parents, so they weren't married to the man and they didn't want to, they didn't have anything to do with it, a man. And they were sort of targeted with this same formula. And they'd, there was a hovering and an inkling of trying to take the children trying to do child protection, trying to muster up this parenting assessment, this scrutiny of these mothers, etc. And there was a writing down of lies about what the children had said. And we have had accounts from children later on in teen years and when they've escaped in adulthood, saying, well, actually, figuring out what they were told was a lie. We've had parents figuring out what they've been told is a lie and verifying it with their children, etc. And then trying to sort of um, control this and control the, the conversation. Now, there's no recorded interviews. There are with police. They, they do police interviews with children. They record them, um, and they are accessible. But when they actually do interviews with children as social workers, um, they are not always recorded, and when they are recorded, there's no verification that what is recorded is accurate, um, or whether it's truthful, or word for word, or who's actually said what. It's actually very poor record keeping and it's dishonest in some sense and it might be that they've misinterpreted certain things but it's um we're hearing back something a little bit more sinister than that we're hearing back that um children being told not to discuss their mum they're being discouraged by telling them to shush they're giving negative opinions about the, the mother they're telling them what's happened in court when the court case hasn't been concluded or taken place yet and telling them that the court has said they're not to see their parents, their mother or their grandparents or things. When that is a lie, the court has made no decision on that. Um, and then nothing has been finalised. And they are basically saying, instead of reporting back, saying, look, this child loves his mum, he obviously really wants to be back with her, or this little girl wants to wants to go and have a sleepover back and wants just wants to be back with her mum. She's obviously got a good, healthy bond with her. Um, she wants to go back and stay at her house. She wants to have over nice days. And reporting that back, they were instead stitching up these lies. And this is right across the board. This is happening a lot. And I'm quite disturbed by it, actually, because it's come to light now that this isn't just a bit of a mix-up or a bit of a misinterpretation or a bit of a guy being manipulative um, or people being sort of pushed to meet targets or whatever. Maybe that is a factor in it, being pushed to meet targets, but 
this is sinister this is deliberately lying about and breaking up families basically breaking up parents and children and ultimately what's happening and the aim of what is happening in these cases is they're put into foster care where there is large sums of money exchanged hands etc and those foster carers are often um a network that are working within the system that are also so it's the same people taking the children that are foster caring the children it might not be the same person but they're all working together it's the same lawyers that are spinning it out and making money on it and going along with it and getting work off these same people it's the same psychologists sometimes that are utilized as well for certain firms to get the right results that they want and it's the same um individuals who are fostering them etc and then adoption agencies is the next one contact centers etc so i hear this talked about a lot in um groups and things about the system and what's happening and you know is there this this theory that actually money is is the the aim behind all of this to exploit parents and to exploit the public purse and to exploit the children themselves for profit and to give people little jobs as well, you know, so whether it be, you know, um, and monopolies, whether it be a mediation service they've set up that everybody goes to and pays so much into, and that creates little jobs for them, or whether it's um, this conferencing system that goes on with families getting together and they go through the, the you know, and somebody's running that and making money out of that as a little sideline, or whether it's um, a contact centre where they're raking in money and things and there's conflict of interest there, or whether it's so-and-so who's linked to this law firm, or so-and-so who is in foster care themselves and has been allocated these children, so they get this regular payment as a job. So they work sort of, you know, a couple of hours, two days a week in the service, filling out paperwork, etc., and doing going out to see a, a, the odd person as a little project and then getting rid of them, signing off, we've done a good job when they haven't. And then the rest of the time they're getting paid for children. And there does seem to be a little bit of a weird system going on. It's almost, it almost seems as if in some of these cases, it's almost as though it is a legalised human trafficking service. Now, we're not talking about people who genuinely need to be removed for their own safety. Um, there's probably a tiny minority of children who would be better off removed from certain families or whatever or there's no other alternative for them who would be genuinely better off with a new family or whatever but it, I have to say these are not the, ca the cases that, that I'm hearing and I'm seeing and I'm experiencing and I'm dealing with. Um, it's very sinister and at no stage during the entire process does anybody offer these people support, help that they've asked for or protections that they've actually asked for when they've approached the service or the service has got in touch with them um through them crying out for help whether it be for um anxiety whether it be for domestic violence whether it be for um drug and alcohol or parenting or tiredness or um just just some advice really or a stalker that's harassing them whenever they've come to somebody for help um through the police or through social service themselves or through a school teacher um and they've tried to um say look you know I need a little bit of help or I need a little bit of advice or I need some protection. What they've done is instead of saying, well, actually, we'll, we'll re refer you to these services that are really good. 
and we'll you know what would you like us to do and can we come around and can we support you can we help you can we offer you you know childcare? can we offer you this can we offer you that can we offer you some sort of counselling instead of actually offering these things to them independently or pointing them in the right direction or giving them an idea of what's going on in the local area and then coming back and saying well actually you know we've done some good work here they're actually sort of coming in seizing children um, or playing, taking children and handing them over to another parent or taking them into foster care and kind of playing these sick games and then of course the parent goes downhill they then despair, they become ill sometimes they may even become mentally ill or they may seem as if they're mentally ill because they're reacting in a normal way to an abnormal extreme situation of being separated from a young child or multiple children the lives are turned upside down um, they're being accused of all sorts of things they haven't done sometimes there's a part truth in maybe one element of it and most of the time there's no truth in any of it at all and it's really sinister and um it does worry me the growing number of people that i'm now seeing the cases seeing what's going on seeing what's happening with them and as i say there are some changes they can make and i i, I do advise them where there are some changes they could make to benefit themselves and their children and they could do a little better but in the majority of cases um they're lying about what the children have said. Um, they're lying to courts, they're lying on um, assessments, they're lying to parents, they're lying to doctors, they're lying to schools, and they're effectively smear campaigning and they're also giving false information in a case. Now that's not presumably what they're there for. And if they are, then who's giving them instructions to do that? Where is it coming from? Where is the authority for these people? Because it's not just one individual doing it, it's quite a few. Where is it coming from? And so many people must know about it. So many solicitors, lawyers must be hearing the same story as me. So many doctors must be hearing the same story as me. So many counsellors must be sitting in their offices and stuff and their little rooms, consulting rooms, and they must be hearing the same stories and they must know what's going on. Charity workers must know. Uh, women's centres refuges they must be hearing this all the time and also these social work departments so whether it's like um, a support worker or a social worker or anyways they must be hearing this from parents parents must be sitting down and telling them and children must be telling them you know they told me this it's a lie or um i've seen this on paper i know it's a lie or word for word with the same language they must be hearing it and they must be if it's a one-off, you might say, oh, well, you know, we don't know whether to believe them or not. People lie. But if it is so widespread as it is, somebody should be investigating and looking into it. Um, you know, it, it's a form of dishonesty. It's a form, you know, it's mis professional misconduct. Why is it happening? Um, so I've not mentioned any specific uh, authorities. I've not mentioned any specific names of individuals here. Um, or people it's happening to or has happened to or where I've got information from but I'm quite concerned about it to be honest with you um, quite a serious podcast really today um, I'm sure there are other people who will come forward and speak to me um, I've got a couple of people in the pipeline who'd like to possibly do an interview they're also considering going you know, higher up and wanting to go um, and not just speak to an MP, but speak to, you know, those in higher positions in the country to find out if anyone will do anything about it, because it's so serious now. Um, 
I don't know where else to go with this because there's so many people who have investigated it and found the same thing to be happening over the years. Um, we know um, MPs have looked into this. Um, many years ago, we know that organisations have looked into it and we know that journalists have, and we know that um, people like Ian Josephs, for example, who help people out and, and who give legal advice um, although they're not practicing lawyers, they have done a law degree. And you know that there are people who, with money and backing and education who have looked into this and found this to be the case. So there must be some people out there with a few more morals. There must be some professionals out there or retiring lawyers that want to speak out about it. There must be some council workers or people who've been fired, or people who are whistleblowers or people who maybe don't need the money. Um, there must be people out there, including the children who are now adults, who can speak out about it, and the parents. Um, what I'd say to people is get together with them, find out the true story. Don't believe what you're told. They isolate people from each other and then they play them off against each other. Now I've heard this from grandparents as well. Um, Parents and grandparents have sat there with a mother and a grandmother before now who've both told me exactly how they operate. And collectively over time, you get to speak to totally different people who've never met each other before and they're telling me the same things are happening. And it's becoming obvious to me that none of them are lying. You know, none of them are telling me fibs. They are all producing things. They're producing truthful stories and accounts and they're also producing documents in some cases. Um... And the same names sometimes come up of firms, so that's interesting. The same patterns of behaviour come up. But it's never the same one person that you could say, well, that person needs to be fired, they're a liability. It's always a certain culture and ethos. And it seems like it's, it's becoming acceptable to lie. Now, if you, if you were to lie in any other serious situation like that, you'd be held accountable or with such serious consequences as children being removed from families or parents or bonds and from parents being separated from young children and children being thrown into a system where they're alone, they're more prone to self-harm, they're more prone to mental illness, they're more prone to child sexual abuse and exploitation. How can we be just sitting back as a nation, as a country, worldwide, and how can we just be ignoring this? Um, there is obviously, I'm going to use the word corruption now, I've held back from using the word corruption because I haven't had proof yet, but when I've seen as much as I have, and when I've seen the documentaries, and when I've seen the um, the verified ones, you know, that have been published, and when I've read the books and the documents and everything, and when I've had experience of myself and now I've spoken to this many people about it, I can't just sit back and say this is not happening or this is a small minority or this is just an isolated case. It's not isolated. Um, it's not a bit of an error that some slip through the system. It's not a case of that. It's organised. It's organised and it's corrupt. These people are actually actively throughout departments where lots of people have seen it happening. Lots of people know it's happening. These people work in teams. So when they go out to people, they might work one-to-one -one every now and again, but they would work as part of a team. 
and they must talk to each other that team and they must socialize outside and they must have friends in the other and they network they network on linkedin for example they're all connected to each other they go to conferences they speak to people from different departments who are in similar job working with similar people and similar age group they must know what's going on and they do know what's going on they must do they have to this isn't a case of oh well there was wrong one person who was a bit rogue we didn't realize these people know what's happening they know that people are lying on record and on paper they're being asked to i spoke to a lady who told me she worked in the department right i'm not going to mention which one who what her name is or where i met her or anything but i met her and she said i worked in the office and i didn't work as a social worker but i heard the manager telling somebody to alter it altered the documentation um this was a team leader and a manager telling them we want this result, make sure you go back and wangle it. In other words, produce a false document to get the right result, bias towards one party or the other. So she heard this was going on and she knew about it and she felt guilty and she burst into tears and she said, I feel guilty because I'm now hearing the stories of the parents and the people and the children it's affected and I didn't report it. So my advice to anybody who is in that situation, I know people have bills to pay, I know people want to keep their jobs, I know there can be some menaces out there and there can be some very nasty systems, but for goodness sake, you know, how can people live with themselves knowing this is going on, having witnessed it, having seen evidence of it and not do anything? And even if you reported it to a manager or to an HR department or to a director and they've done nothing about it, go public, go to the press go to the news channels, go somewhere, even post, print off your own leaflets anonymously and send them, send them around your area. Start a magazine, do something for goodness sake. Start a group supporting other, other people who are going through it locally. It doesn't have to cost a lot of money. Um, you know, your hands are not tied. You can do this and you can also do it whilst you're working there and you can do it anonymously and you can whistleblow anonymously as well. Um, and even if that doesn't work, as I say, you can wait until you're in a situation or a better job or whatever and you can you can manage to speak out. I don't know how anyone can sit back and allow this to, to be going on. Um, they, they must know. They must know. So um, I've just been for a lovely walk having processed all of this um I've been out into we're now into autumn when I'm recording this podcast and I've just been out and had a really nice walk through the forest it stopped raining I've got my wellies on stuck my wellies on stuck a jumper on and just gone out for a really nice walk um we've seen some like really nice woodland um really nice trees and some funguses and all sorts of things growing in nature um seen little squirrels about and all sorts um, it's been wonderful. It's been wonderful to be in nature and to feel a sense of fresh air and release and freedom from this horrible tyranny that is going on within these office blocks, buildings, establishments, departments of so much toxicity. So it's been nice to get out and kind of have a break from that and clear my head from that um, and process what I've uncovered and what so many others have un- uncovered as well. Um, so I'd love to hear, um, I'd love to hear from anybody else, um, online or otherwise, um, or listening to the podcast. I'd love to hear, 
I'm going to be setting up a page soon to go with this podcast where people can actually contact me. I've deliberately prevented myself from going on videos where people can comment and things like that so far because I don't want to get the um, abusive father's rights, um, abusive backlash and, you know, the sort of people I mean um, who come back and attack you just for sharing people's experiences and truths. So I don't want to do that just yet, but I've, I'm going to be setting up somewhere where decent human beings can be able to contact me, either who want to do an interview on the podcast and share their story, could be anonymous, um, or want to share any information with me separately and don't necessarily want to speak out on here um, or want to pass information on to me. I'm going to be opening that up to people soon. So listen out for that. I'm going to be opening um, a social media page where you can do that. Obviously, any troublemakers will just be instantly blocked. Blocked and eliminated. So don't even go there. Um, I don't want nutters contacting me. I don't want aggressive abusers contacting me. And I don't want anybody with any crazy political agendas um, or nonsense that goes against my purpose here. So that won't be welcome and it won't be tolerated and it'll be nipped in the bud straight away. So there won't be room for any of that. But if somebody wants to to come to me um, and wants to share any more information based on any of the podcasts you've heard previously um, or they want to donate towards helping um, support any of these women in getting counselling or wants to help fund them um, with anything they may need or the children may need um, or give advice or help in any way that they can or contribute to this this podcast um, please and my research into what's going on and why is this happening to people and get things changed um, feel free uh, look out for that it will be called the trauma of abuse um, podcast page and it will be either on Facebook or Instagram or something but um, possibly Twitter but I will be setting that up Um, but as I say it will be quite strict so it's not set up yet so don't go searching for it just yet but it will be um, something that I'll be looking into um, with a little bit of funding as I say there's no charge for this everybody's listening for free and people can ask me for support for free as well I don't charge anybody Um, I'm just trying to really uh, get some support network out there for people um, going to deal with some of these toxic institutions and individuals um, and abusers in situations like meetings or assessments or sit-down reviews or conversations where they feel trapped and they don't feel safe and also go to court buildings. I'm trying to create a sort of helpful network of survivors and people like myself who are be will be able to support them and go along with them to these things um or be on the phone for them because I think it's really important that we all start supporting each other and start really working to tackle the root cause of this which is that people are being bullied um people are being threatened and nobody is actually stopping it so we can't stop it um, by challenging it in a courtroom because that doesn't seem to be working. We can't challenge it by 
complaining to the heads of departments and to regulation authorities because they're just not regulating anything. They're not taking it on board, they're not dealing with it, they're dismissing people again. Um, throwing huge sums of money at it may not be the answer, um, or big lawyers or whatever. That's not really working, is it? Because there's a bit of a um, sinister motivation in some sectors um, and a collaboration. So I think what we really need to do um, in order to provide the best education and support to people who are decent and to get together with those genuine people working in the system um, and those subjected to it together really to, to make sure we create a, a healthier a healthier environment and a healthier system and a healthier um, collect collective really. Um, that would be my aim. Um, without anybody doing any harm to themselves or others or breaking any laws of any description, um, I think that's the healthiest way we can do it. So watch this space or listen to this space <laughs> for more on that. Um, and I hope people keep on listening and, and spreading the word to those that need this podcast and those who can help out with that. Um, and I look forward to setting that page up soon so that people can um, connect a little bit more with me and can communicate with me, as I say, those who are not abusive. Because um, the more we work together, the more we're going to get changed. So um, it's been great to do another couple of podcasts lately and um, I hope everyone's keeping well. And if you're not, know that you're not alone. Um, I hope this is um, providing a great insight for people and I hope it's providing some sort of support as well. Um, some of the advice that I've given out today to those who are dealing with um, being targeted or criticised or is keep your privacy private. Don't volunteer information documents and records and medical conditions or personal problems or family problems to people um voluntarily don't 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 give them that information um unless it's forced out of you or there's a court order to produce it or somebody's got a warrant don't let these people into your home or answer the door to them unless they have a reason to be there um which is ordered by some legal basis so for example if somebody turns up at your door and says i want to come in um you don't actually answer the door to them or you say, I'm off, so I'm busy. You don't let them in without permission um, or an order or something or something serious like a warrant or um, a sealed signed document from a court to allow them access. You don't um, tell them all your personal problems and what have you and expect them to help you because it's pretty obvious to me that they're not doing that for people. Um they're not offering them any support and help. They're actually part of something a little bit more um, abusive than that. And that's common practice now. So don't go running off to these people and these departments. Um, you can ring 999 if you're in immediate danger. You can ring 999 and ask for the police or an ambulance. Um, but when it comes to some of these other more administrative um, money-making don't agree to sign your children over to people um, if you have a choice and things like that. Don't agree to them being kidnapped. Challenge it the first opportunity. Um, 
And if you're not happy with the legal advice you're getting, sack it off and get new legal advice. Don't have somebody representing you and taking over who's not answering your questions, who's not informing you of what's happening. You want to know every little detail and you want them on the phone answering those questions and writing to you and giving you answers. Um, Don't just let them take over and make decisions for you. If they're doing it anyway and you feel like you're powerless to stop them, um, just say that um, you're just you're not having them anymore you're just you're going somewhere else um you can actually request your own records back as well into your possession so it's normal sometimes from records to go from one department to the next or from one firm to the next um and they charge each other for this transfer and sometimes you you're entitled to all your documents um and you're entitled to have them sent to you as well and to collect them yourself from the firm so you can see what's been going on, even if they won't tell you and explain it to you. Um, you shouldn't have anybody not explaining what's happening or showing you pieces of paper and be prepared to answer questions on it and why this and why that. And if they're gaslighting you and confusing you, you need to be going elsewhere or you need to be doing it yourself. Um, I've heard this too much, far too much. And as I say, don't engage with systems and programmes and meetings if they're abusive. Walk out of them or finish going to them and say, I can't come to these anymore because I don't feel the issues that I want addressing are being addressed. And here is a list of them. Put it in writing, put it in an email, keep a copy of that email, send a copy of the email to somebody that you trust to keep it safe um, if you have that opportunity. Because if anything goes down or the system goes down or it's hacked or there's interference, you can say, well, actually, I still kept this record that I did raise these issues and they weren't addressed. Um, don't don't be uh, taken in um, by your first meeting or two with these people as they tend to try and build trust. It's actually in their protocol and then they'll turn on you pretty quick um when they're instructed to do so um and it won't be for the right reasons either (laughs) so before you think oh well there might be a reason for that no there isn't um so keep your recordings on you're allowed to record anybody who comes into your own home or anybody on a telephone line you can tell them that you're going to be recording if you want to just as a matter of courtesy um and if you're in the street or in a car or anything like that as well, yeah, or on your doorstep, you're allowed to do the same. Um, you can also um, talk freely about anybody who's um, you're putting a complaint about. So if you want to put in a complaint and about the way someone's behaved, etc., you can attach your evidence to that and you can send that to whoever it needs to go to. There's no problem in doing that. Um, don't be afraid to do that. I don't think, oh, well, they'll retaliate on me and I shouldn't do that. Do it straight away and make sure that they know. Um, you're not looking for a confrontation. You're not looking to um, not get along with them, but you don't want to allow them to continue on for such a period of time that they think they can get away with it. Um, rally round any friends, family, neighbours that are reliable and healthy to support you as well because that can very often frighten off some of these people who are attacking you or targeting you for whatever reason as an easy target um i've been advised that a few times by a few people who've been through the situation and it 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 is a factor 
if they think women are isolated or if somebody's on their own or they're the um the easy party to bully and pick on they will do it um don't have faith in them <laughs> don't believe that they're there to help you but you hear a lot of people online saying that oh they're going to help you they don't help anybody and they might seem like they're going to at first and then they'll switch tactics just like that so watch out for that um yeah i don't want to spread doom and gloom and i don't want people to lose um all hope um there's some very good um charities out there as i've said before there's some very good people like myself working in networks together to support people um but the standardized ones are defective at the moment they are not functioning not fit for purpose at all at the moment um, and in fact there's something worse than that going on they're actually quite harmful very harmful in some people's cases um they're putting people at risk they're sharing confidential information and breaching data protection left right and center they're sharing and encouraging abusive um men to knock on and women's doors and where they're not welcome they're encouraging them to have meetings and relationships and negotiations with them where it's not safe to do so um they're bringing in the violent offenders into children's lives when you know it's not safe to do so um they they have a total disregard for people's well-being and uh safety um and comfort levels and I had one lady tell me that she'd actually been suicidal because of the way she was treated and there was no support and what had happened to her. Um, and she thought that she had a mental health problem because of that. I would say any woman who's been lied about, treated poorly by the system that she thought was going to help her, and then having been separated from her children and controlled and told what she kind of can't do when she's not a dangerous person... Um, I would think anybody in that person would, would feel like they are, you know, dead already, let alone anything else. Um, thank goodness that lady's still with us. And I've heard this from a couple of ladies too. Um, we hear a lot about male suicide a lot. And, and I think the reason why women don't always go through with it is because they do hang on for their children and it's their instinct and good for them. I hope, um, you know, they don't get labelled as mad. I hope that they get recognised that what they're going through is would drive anyone to feel they can't go on or they don't know how to go on with their lives in whatever way possible or it would drive them to just not be able to function in their lives. So, um, you know, anybody who's managed to survive that is absolutely amazing um we all find in the strength somewhere along the line so don't give up um there's lots of other people out there who need you to tell your story um and need you to spread the word as well so it's not just up to the professionals and the people in the office and the observers and the teachers and the counselors and the lawyers and everyone to admit to you know to expose what's going on here and to try and get a network together to support each other to make changes um as a united front really it's up to these um it's up to these mums as well once they've got themselves to a level where they can understand what's happening um and hopefully this will help them to do so um and once they've got to a level where you know they can 
speak out, it's really important that they do. It's really important that they um, get to a point where they can share their story without any shame because there's no shame in what's happening to them. The shame and the failure is on the people in the system and the system itself that is failing them and their children. So, and exploiting and taking advantage of them in the most callous, cruel and barbaric, heartless, inhumane way. Um, which goes against everything that they're supposed to be there for. In fact, the fact that they're swallowing up public and private money and offering such shocking horrors um, and doing such harm to people is just... um, It's unforgivable, really. Uh, Especially as they know it's going on and especially as they know what's happening they have done, taken no steps to put it right. Um... They're not all autonomous robots. Some may be in the system powerless to change or to do things. But there are people in charge. There are always people in charge of these things that have a say in how things go and how things are run. And how um, if if each authority has a different way, a different protocol and different rules, then they should be drawing better rules and they should be enforcing them and ensuring that they're happening. It's not happening, is it? It's not happening at all. Um, so I really hope that, uh, people are taking notice of this, not in a sinister retaliation kind of way because they want to profit. If you want to profit, do a good job and go and help with plenty of people out there that genuinely do need help and make money out of that. Don't make money out of taking and splitting up people and not helping them. Offer proper, genuine services to people. Don't lie on forms and pieces of paper. And don't sit back while other people lie and destroy other people's lives. Recognise that they have consequences. These false documents, these um, stitching up, this, that, and that. You're not helping anybody by doing that. I think sometimes people think, oh, you know, well, oh, well this is this poor child, this, that, and the other. If we just stitch this up, they'll have a better life. Don't be taken in by that. There is no good that can come out of people lying to children or parents or courts um, or police or schools about people there's no good can come of that at all for anybody um, and they will get found out eventually there's a lot of people getting away with a hell of a lot but it will come to a point where um, in a few years time when those people have retired or they think they've moved on with their life people will catch up with them so just remember that if you are involved in any of this horrific activity knowingly and you know when you are, you know. Or keep your eyes open to it. If you haven't discovered it yet, keep your eyes open to it because now you've been made aware of it. Look out for it. Okay, so I'm going to go now. Um, I look forward to the next podcast. Um, and who knows what I'll discover <laughs> um, further before that happens. Take care, everybody. Um, Bye for now.